Okay, everybody. We're hoping that that's all worked out. All right. I don't hear any echoes, so we're we're good to go. So, yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. It was a bit of a ghost in the machine. I don't understand what happened with that. But I am, of course, your fearless leader, Mark Williams, right here. And uh, if hopefully all goes well and you're watching more NHL snipes and there's more episodes that are going to be available. But the host of The Final Buzzer with John Falkowski, it has to be Mr. John Falkowski. Yeah, um, again, we apologize. I, I don't know what was going on there, but um, Justin Huberto over here got it figured out. So um, we're all good. Oh, my God. Because of that, I think I wrote in Jonathan Huberto. I'm sorry, Justin Huberto in the poll. Oh, my God. Did you Goodness. really? Oh my God, no! Please don't. Please tell me you're just. Oh my God! You have got to be kidding me. Hold on. Wait a minute. There's one thing. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait, Philk. Hold on. I think I solved the problem. What? Okay. Just letting that go for a second. Yeah, I figured out what it was. I had the window open. Because I was doing a poll. So. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. The good thing is I have it there. Did you and, actually and Cor, put Justin Huberto? And, and Core, you know what? It's it's just the way it goes. He actually Thank put you. Justin Huberto. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it'll, uh, Mike, sometimes it'll be blurry. It'll end up fixing itself in a minute. So. All right. Well, you know what? As I always say, I came into this world as a mistake, and that's the way I'm going to leave it. So, everybody, thanks for very much for joining us. And obviously, by the way, watch the final buzzer with the man who is ashamed to be seen with me in public, Mr. John Polkowski. And we you know, I just are have to put a now... on you in public. That's all. <laughs> we are now officially underway. Uh, Phil, we are going to talk a little bit about the Rangers first and uh, this week, and that was. I thought it was a great win they had over the Washington Capitals. But yet again, Igor Sesterkin, you know, at his 21st game where he's beat the opposition after when being outshot, that's ridiculous. That's uh, Yeah, best defensive effort all year, too. Um, I know it was early um, that they were kind of – it was an even game early on. But as they went along in that game, they really started to shut Washington down and – it wasn't until the last minute that Ovechkin got a cheapie, a stat pattern. So uh, the Rangers um, really did uh, a number on them, really made them look ineffective, made them look kind of useless. And uh, like I said, it was the best defensive I, I had all year from them. I, I highlighted Keandre Miller's play. He made one bad play in that entire game, and that was on the one goal that happened. You know, him and Truba Strom lost the face off, but um, – yeah, they, they did. As David says here, a lot of those weren't high quality chances. I, I never felt like they were in danger of really being scored on in that game, you know? So, um, the Washington just really did not have a lot of uh, offense there. They didn't have things going. Ovechkin was frustrated for a lot of that game. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, I like what we had uh, in that game. I, I hope they, uh, they bring that type of effort today. And, of course, 
one of the best things about it is you've been predicting the Kreider slump is here. You were saying this on the final buzzer last week and he gets off the schneid. He gets number 34 of the season. And the other thing, obviously I always look at goal differential because the more that that goes up, the better it is. And usually you look at the best teams in the league. They always had the best goal differential and their specialty teams. Now the power plays fourth in the NHL penalty kills slipped a little bit, but it's, it's where it needs to be. And they're, it, it, they're looking like they could, they can actually start making some noise in about two more months. I still say all the time, they got to strengthen the bottom six. I don't want to hear about JT Miller in any way. So, uh, we are going to move on to the more wider topic of first is Igor Sesterkin an MVP candidate? Well, it's funny because Brody just came up with this comment and, and it says Johnny Bowers, nearly 60 year old NHL high save percentage record for a season is a 932. Igor is at 941. Um, I don't think that's actually the record, uh, Brody. I, I think Dominic Koshik has actually had higher uh, save percentages. Yeah, there's a bunch of those guys that had higher uh, single season save percentages. I think you're going to see Brian Elliott on that list. Brian Elliott is up in 940, but he didn't play 40 games. He played only 30 games that year. So yeah. Dominic Koshik um, actually has the record at a 937 in 64 games in 1999 he won the Vezina that year that was the third um that was the the fifth in six years for Hashik because he won in 94 95 uh Carey won it in 96 and then um he won it in 97 98 99 was hurt in 2000 one of the one his last one in 2001 uh but Dominic Hashik's 937 is actually the uh the record so yeah all right. So, because we started asking around about this, because we did obviously our picks for uh, the the midseason MVP. You could check those out at our midseason awards uh, last month. But Eager's the Circuit is certainly making that noise right now. Yeah. I, I, I would have to say, and I know that I'm biased, but Eager's the Circuit is my MVP right now. I I just this team, he's playing at Dominic Hashik 97-98 levels right now. And I, I've said that on the final buzz of the other night. I've said it on social media, I've said it on Twitter. Um without him playing the way that he's playing, this team is not a playoff team. They're they're not where they are. They were never in first place without that type of performance. I mean, uh, even Florida. Uh, Jonathan Huberto is actually having a great year. Uh, I, I would probably give him the heart if it's not Shesterkin. But he's he's had Alexander Barkov, even though Alexander Barkov has missed time. Sam Bennett. Um, I mean, you, you Anthony Duclair is having a great season. Duclair, Sam Reinhart. I mean, th there's a bunch of guys on that team that, that have really helped it. Aaron Ekblad is having a Norris caliber year. Mackenzie Weger is having an amazing year. So they, they're up and down. They're a good team. If you want to talk about Austin Matthews, okay. But look at the help that he has around him. William Nylander is having an incredible year. Mitch Marner is having an incredible year. Uh, John Tavares, even though he's not having his normal John Tavares year, he's still John Tavares. Morgan Riley is a former 70-point defenseman. I mean, they, they have talent up and down their lineup. Igor Shosturkin 
there's Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and then Chris Kreider's having an out. What you have to consider an outlier year right now. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but yeah, even Pierre LeBron, as Johnny Red points out here, Pierre LeBron came out on Twitter yesterday and said that Igor Shosturkin has to be the. A lot of writers are coming out and saying that he's an MVP candidate. I think uh, if you go back over the numbers, I think he's got five games where he's given up more than three goals. That's it. That's it. And two, and two, of two are against Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. So take yeah. those away. Yeah, you now with three on a team that that they're they're rotating. Um, they had Nils Lundqvist, Keandre Miller, uh, Bra- uh, Braden Schneider, and Zach Jones. That's four, four first year or rookie defensemen. Well, well, three rookies and and a second year defenseman. It's three. Well, it's, no, it's, it's three players. Four actually four players that have played less than a hundred career games. Yeah. That's incredible. That, that is incredible. incredible. So, no. I mean, I, now we're going to make the cases now for the other guys you know, on this list because we still have some guys to mention. Let's start with this one. Let's let's get these two out of the way. I have to get that comment in. Oh, and and Patrick Nemeth. Yeah, and Pat and Libor Hayek. So if you want if you want bad defensemen, the Rangers have a bunch of bad defensemen that should have never been playing in the NHL. Now, let's let's go to the Edmonton guys real quick and let's cross them off the list because it's essential to to point out how good this team has been or how good their teams have been or how bad it's been even though they've been outstanding or even to a legendary status. Like, I don't look at the, those guys and go, you're MVPs anymore if they're going to scrape in on the eighth spot. If they're not winning their division, I don't want to hear it. I don't think that's fair. I don't, I don't think that's fair. Um, I, I would say that you'd have to at least be the play, in the playoffs. I remember Jerome McGinley didn't win it over Jose Taylor in 2002 because the Flames didn't make the playoffs, even though Jerome McGinley led the NHL in goals and points, won the Richard and the Art Ross, and he was playing on a line with Craig Conroy as his center. Like, Craig yeah. Conroy did not belong on any any team's top line. At that point before that season, he was considered a, a number three center, and Jerome McGinley made him into a household name for a while. So... Um, I, I thought Jerome McGinley should have won it that year, but I understand the Flames didn't make the playoffs. Tador catapulted Montreal past the Rangers, even though the Rangers got buried at the deadline that year, and Tador won the Vezina and the Hart in the same season. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I I do think that if if you make the playoffs and you drag your team there, yeah, I, I get why Taylor Hall won, even though I don't agree with Taylor Hall winning in 2018. Mm-hmm. So. Well, also, all right. So that's my thoughts on the Edmonton guys. Kirill Kaprizov has a real solid case. Yes. Yeah. And if you look who he's playing on a line with in Minnesota, he's playing with Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman. And Matt Zuccarello, we all love Matt Zuccarello as Ranger fans, but Ryan Hartman? Ryan Hartman was definitely not top six forward before this year. And, and the fact that he basically uh, replaced Victor Rask on that line because it was Rask Kaprizov and Zuccarello last year. 
And Kaprizov was on pace for, what, 40 goals and almost 80 points as a rookie. And he ran away with a collar last year. Kirill Kaprizov is playing is an elite talent. There's just no debating it now. He's here. He's not going to get any worse. He's he's only going to get better from here. So I, I, I do agree. Minnesota's offense on paper is not a great unit. And they are winning games because Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Hartman are providing a ton of offense. Joel Erickson-Eck is one of the better two-way forwards in the entire league. Jordan Greenway is good, solid depth support there. Can score here and there. Matthew Boldy, um, if he would have came up earlier in the year, would probably be a Calder frontrunner right now with the way that he's played ever since he's been called up. So they they have a lot of things going right for them. Cam Talbot, the, the prince, as we used to call him, is uh, playing well in uh, Minnesota in net. They've got a good, solid D-Corps, but Kaprizov is really the driving force. You take him away from all that, and they're not even a playoff team. So uh, I'm with you on Kaprizov. See, it, Kaprizov is the, that's the one that that I'm I'm kind of looking at and going. There's the real MVP, if not him, because I'm going to mention this guy now. Uh, what are your thoughts on Johnny Gaudreau being an MVP candidate? I like it. Um, it it's funny because Sean Monahan has just been atrocious for the last, I would say, two three years. And he, I mean, those guys ran shotgun with each other for years beforehand. And we always thought that, you know, if, uh, if Monaghan never rebounds, you know, what's going to happen to Gaudreau's numbers? Well, Johnny Gaudreau is showing the world that he doesn't need anybody as his center. He can do whatever with whoever and still be one of the, the game's most productive players. I mean, he's carrying Calgary's offense. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of guys up and down that lineup that are contributing here and there, but name me another guy in that lineup that really sticks out to you as an offensive linchpin. Matthew Kachuk? But but what is Matthew Kachuk doing? Uh, Matthew Kachuk, I got his stats right over here. He is uh, 24 goals, 32 assists. Okay. And so- then after that, Elias Lindholm. That top line that they got, is, I believe it's Lindholm, Kachuk, and Goodrow. They're, they're playing outstanding. I mean, look at the look at Philk. The the plus minus. I understand some people might want to take away from plus minus and go, oh, it's an overrated stat. But when you're seeing plus 37, plus 32, plus 39, they are dominating at five on five, and that's what those guys are doing. And I, I Calgary's top line is number one. I mean, Mangiapani has been good. Um that's that's another one. They got good defense. We we see, we've seen Noah Hannafin uh, playing back when he was with Carolina. This, there's a lot of talent in Calgary, and I think Daryl Sutter's got them humming right now. If if the season ended right now, I'd say they're my Stanley Cup favorite. But I'm a little bit kooky. Um, but I know. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I'm know, betting on Daryl Sutter. Think, I don't think that's kooky though. The, the, okay. the thing is, is that Sutter hockey wins in the playoffs. And I mean, Calgary just plays a suffocating defensive game. They're all over you. They're in, they're fast. They're furious. They're in your face. They're a heavy hitting team. They seem to have the right things. And they just went and got Tyler to Foley 
Yes, and it Tyler Toffoli obviously has a history with Daryl Sutter, two Stanley or at least one Stanley Cup. I don't know if he got two. Yeah, he was on both. Okay, so then he yeah he was. I, I know that he was on that team, but I didn't know if he played enough games and played in the playoffs enough to get that uh that cup. That's a good question then. But um, you know, Toffoli is again another difference maker in that lineup, and you you bring him in, and and since he's come to Calgary. I mean, he's got two points, two goals in five games, and he's a minus two. But it, I mean, it's not—it's not really. He's not really hurting the team or anything like that. Eventually, he's going to get assimilated to that lineup, and he, he's going to start producing. So that makes them even more of a credible threat. And then, what happens if they somehow go bring Mark Giordano back? Yeah, that—that's what's going to be the case. But yeah. you know what? All this stems from Johnny Gaudreau having the resurgence season that he has had. He is going to make some bank in the summer. Yes, and he is. That's that's going to be a discussion that we're going to have for a later day. But it's uh, so right there, Goudreau and uh, and Kaprizov, two worthy candidates to be a finalist with Sturkin. I mean, all these guys are worthy candidates, to be honest. And we are mentioning the last name on that list, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, and the Capitals have really struggled as of late. And Alexander Ovechkin has helped keep them afloat for a lot of the season. Um, he, he's not scoring at the, the 60-plus goal pace that he was scoring earlier on in the year, but he, he could still hit 50. Um, he could still hit 100 points. Um, he's He's got he, – he just seems to have found the fountain of youth. So um, – I would definitely say that Alexander Ovechkin has a case with the way that the Capitals have slid lately. I think he's probably dropping a little bit in the rankings, but he's still there. Uh, I, I would still, I would still give him votes over Edmonton's duo. I would still give him votes over, um, over Austin Matthews. I, I, I don't know if I would give him votes over Goudreau or Kaprizov at this point but I would definitely give him votes over other guys. I think he would probably be fourth in my rankings. Well, the other thing, by the way, that we have to mention is that Jonathan Huberdeau is a great player. Uh, he's got nothing on Justin Huberdeau. So <laughs> it's uh, one slip up and I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take uh, take that on the chin for probably the rest of my life. You probably <laughs> All right. So, we're gonna get. I'm gonna give Anthony's picks first. This is the order that Anthony had his top four. It was uh, Huberto, Ovechkin, Igor, and then Kaprizov. But Phil, who's your MVP if this season ends right now? I, I gotta go, Igor. Like I, I, you know what? Call me a homer. Say whatever the hell you want. But when you have someone that's posting a 940 save percentage. And he's got a sub two goals against in this era. There is no way that you could say that he's not the MVP. And you want to talk about just stats, metrics, everything like that. Look at Igor Shesterkin's high danger save percentage. And shot and ESPN flashed the stat the other night during the game. They said on shots from the slot. Igor Shesterkin has like a 930-plus save percentage on shots from the slot, which is the highest danger scoring area on the entire ice. 
Igor Shosturkin, not only that, but his goal saved above expected is like here and everybody else is like here. So like he, what he's doing is just next level and it, it's gotta be him. It's, well, it's gotta be him. Just to mention Ranger fans, they haven't seen a goalie uh, be that high over goals above expected or anything like that before. Right. Yeah. Nah, so yeah. only saw after 15 years. Bodies. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying. Oh, wait. I clicked on who's the Rangers MVP. Um, I'm trying not to say this. I'm trying desperately not to say this. That's why I'm going to go right now, Kaprizov as the MVP. Um, my midseason MVP was Justin Huberdo. I, I think. <laughs> you did say it. That. I did it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Jonathan Huberdo. Oh, my God. He said it so casually, too. This is oh my god! This is this is gonna kill me. This is gonna be the oh end of me. Oh my god! Can't take this guy seriously. He keeps calling him Justin. It's, it's great. This this is how great oh this joke has gotten god. traction. This is how this channel is gonna pick up because we're gonna get goofed on for you saying Justin Huberdo. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. But uh, Jonathan Huberdo's kind of slipped back a little bit, and Florida's kind of plateaued. Um, they're, they're still they're still going to be dangerous. I still think they're going to win the Atlantic. But I got to look at Kaprizov and go. His his help is Matt Zuccarello, and they're making Ryan. He's making Ryan Hartman a goal scorer. And no, I got I got to go. I got to go Kaprizov. There we go. All right. So, but what do you guys think? Who should be the NHL MVP? Uh, we're going to take a look at that poll that caused the echo to begin with. 94% saying Igor Sesterkin. Uh Justin Huberto not getting that many um, votes, possibly because he's not a person. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, who knows? There might be a Justin Huberto out there. I, I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is how we break hockey, folks. This is how it goes. All right. But who is your MVP? Is it anybody on the list? Am I being too harsh on the Edmonton guys? And it should be them. Although then again, if you have two players in the top uh, five in scoring, how can you just say one of them is more valuable than the other? They're they're tied for first place with with they, Huberdo. Yes, Jonathan Huberdo. So, all right, who's your MVP? Throw it down in the comments below. We're gonna move on and we're gonna do some bar talk as soon as I can. Boop. And banner show for me so far today. Yes. I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my God. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you going to buy everybody around? You're so confident. I mean, it is 1244 on a Saturday. So yeah, that would be great. Are you that's Eastern Standard shot, time, remember. Or, or are you just like, so, so you'll have a beer. So we are going to start with this, Philk. Alexei Lafreniere will stick on the top six the rest of the season. Top Go. line, you mean? Yeah. 
top line. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm buying everybody around on this. I, I and because I I for once now have the confidence in Alexi Lafreniere to deliver consistent hockey on a game-to-game basis. Remember what I told you earlier on in the year about how I thought that Gerard Gallant finally found the right button to push with Chris Kreider to get him to play on a night-to-night basis? Yeah. I think Gerard Gallant has found that button with Alexi Lafreniere. I I truly do. I truly do because uh, that was the best effort I've seen from him in his entire career. A goal, assist, good defensive play, engaged along the boards, Skating fast. Maybe his skating and conditioning are improving before our eyes, and we're finally seeing it. But something is there with Alexi Lafreniere. He looks like he's involved. But I I, I, I don't see him turning back now at this point. I, I, I think Gerard has really, really kind of, like I said, pushed that right button. And it, it just – he's giving the efforts that Turk wants him to give at this point. And I, I think he's going to stay. I'm going to go beer. Uh, the reason why is because I can see them moving around the lineup a little bit. Capocaco coming in. Um, uh, him coming back. Uh, Vitaly Kratzoff has a possibility next month. Who knows? Maybe he shifts I, things around. I don't think you should. I don't think you should. I'm, I'm I, don't, you. I don't think he's going anywhere at this point. Good. Then I hope that's the case. But uh, and I definitely to change. Capocaco is going to change that. Yeah, especially not right now. No. But... I think also there are changes that need to be made on this on this team, especially on the bottom six. And uh, I think if Lafreniere gives another game like he did against the Capitals, and he was great, not good, he was great against the Capitals. He was great. So hopefully more games like that to come. Filk, this week, Zidane Chara passed Chris Chelios for the most games played by a defenseman. A defenseman will play more games than Zidane Chara. I'm going to start this one. All, all and time? All time. I'm going to start this one, and I'm going to say shot. Oh, wow. That's covering you right away. Um, We'll go with the shorty guy right there. Uh, the it, It's just I don't, I don't see it ever happening again. I think we live in an era where people are going to be protecting the athletes. Uh, certain... The, the games played streaks in every single sport are safe. Lock them up. Cal Ripken, uh, AC Green. Uh, I, I think Brett Favre, I think, was the one that held the NFL one. But you're not going to have to worry about anybody challenging the consecutive game streak. So, Keith Yandel, you're safe. Oh, maybe Phil Kessel, by the way, because he's right behind you. But those guys, once that's done, it's over. So, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's shot. There's no other answer to this but shot. I mean, are we going to find a six foot ten or um, a, a seven foot defenseman that can skate like the wind that'll come along? And even when his skating dies down, he's going to have the wingspan of a seven forty seven jumbo jet and can still cover cover half the the defensive zone just because of that. <laughs> I, I mean, that's part of why Charles lasted as long as he did because once his legs started to go. He still had the size to cover a lot of ground and control a lot of gaps that way. So um, I don't see how that's going to uh, – I don't see how anybody's going to pass that. And you're, you're right. I think we play in a different era, and I, I think that Vinier <clears throat> Char was also a physical specimen in himself. He prides himself on being in incredible shape. So, um, yeah, definitely. 
That's actually what I was about to mention. I'm glad you did, so I didn't have to worry about that. You, you, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Chara's conditioning, which was outstanding, especially for a man his size. And the man in the, and the other man in that quote uh, comment at the bottom also did as well. Chris Chelios, yes, Chris Chelios. I he was quoted numerous times as saying, "I I want to play a 60 minute game before I retire." And Man, Chris Chelios, what a defenseman. What a, what if there was anyone that could have done it, Chris Chelios could have probably done it. Yes. Moving on. A guy that's been hot lately. <clears throat> a guy that's been hot lately and starting to make some a heads turn. Patrick Line has found a home in Columbus. 15 um, goals in his last 22 games, Phil. I'm going to say beer. I mean, if you're asking whether he's going to stay long-term, is that, is that what this is doing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a beer because I could see him staying, but at the same time, how long one is he going to resign for? Cause I, I, I believe his current deal is up after this year. I'd have to, I'd have to look that up real quick. Sorry, everybody did not have myself prepared for that. Um, yeah, he's an, a restricted free agent after this year. So, uh, I, I don't know exactly what the qualifying offer is going to be. Um, I know that he's going to have to get at least 7.5 million though, because that's what he's currently making. Um, I, I could see him being traded. I don't think Columbus wants to, it's a, it's a matter of whether he wants to stay or not. So I'm going to say beer. I'm going to go beer too, but I'm, this is one where I'm actually hoping to buy around because you get some guys that just, they just bounce around and line a had a great start to his career. He then kind of the last two seasons, not so much. He's very streaky and this could just be another streak, but I'm actually taking this more as a, a positive thing that he's actually more comfortable now in Columbus because his, his the first two months weren't that great. I think there were only just seven goals and then 15 since the calendar turns to 2022. Yeah. And he's, he looks like he's playing more confident. He, he just keeps on scoring and you know what? I, I, I hope to buy everybody around if, if this was a month later and we're talking about this going on tonight, the stadium series will be playing with Tampa Bay visiting Nashville at Nissan Stadium. Philk, Stadium Series still has its luster. I'm going to say beer because it's not the spectacle. Um, I, I don't think it was ever the spectacle that the Winter Classic was because the Winter Classic was always kind of presented with more priority. I mean, I went to the very first Stadium Series game between the Rangers and the Devils. And I went to the second one. Yeah, to the Islander uh, Ranger one, yeah. That was cold. Yeah, yeah, that. The Those Devils two games were cold. But you guys were at night, and it was even worse. So you guys were in, like, the teens, and you had the wind chill, and you felt like you were in negative weather out there. Uh, that sucked. So, yeah, the wind chill for your game wasn't that great either. No, it wasn't, but I, I was layered so heavily, and we were out in the sun, so we got it, – it felt warmer than it actually was. But um, it, it it's still fun to watch, and it's still cool to see, 
know, outdoor games and baseball stadiums, and it's still a money maker. So that, in a sense, it does have a bit of a luster to it. But I mean, it's basically the Winter Classic, just with a different name. When you think about it, you know, it. it, it I don't know. I can't get excited. I can't get as excited for it, but it's still cool to see. Just don't give us garbage-looking jerseys like the Toronto one for the Heritage Classic. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Heritage Classic, too. So this isn't an original idea, you know? It's it's just, oh, no, Dave, no, David Wood. Not everybody loves new, ugly uniforms. <laughs> you want nice ones. Not ugly ones where it's just a T. What, what does the T stand for? Time out? Time out? <laughs> Trash? Oh, boy. Well, you know who loves uh, new ugly jerseys? Justin Huber, though. So it's uh, – I'm going to go – you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to go – I'm going to buy around on this. And the reason why it still has its luster is because, to me, you could still do things with the stadium series. You can experiment things. Thank you very much, John. Uh, you could experiment with different teams at different locations. Let's be honest about something. If it was uh, that that first stadium series game with the Rangers and the Devils, the Rangers would be in a winter classic. When the hell do you think the Devils are getting a winter classic? At that time, the <laughs> Islanders would never get a winter classic. Now the Islanders could talk about a winter classic. There you go, Anthony. There's another way the Islanders culture has changed. So, some of those things are all are all in there, but then you get cities like I mean, uh, Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. That wasn't a Winter Classic. Now that could be again. Uh, you have cities like Tampa Bay, uh, Florida that all have now earned it. So this that's where you can use the Stadium Series to experiment and see whether or not people are going to be receptive to okay. that. Okay, going to your city. That's fine, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring an angle into this because you're talking about the word luster. Luster would mean like an exuberance to it. Uh, what you're really kind of asking is, does the stadium serious still help the game? That's what I feel like you're asking, and that's absolutely something you buy around on. Yeah, but luster. Um, I think it's. I think it's also. It's you're gonna see a lot of people excited to see that game tonight. And you, you might get some people that tune in because it's another outdoor game. But they're also, you get to get the casual fan that might kind of balk at it, uh, being like, there's too many outdoor games. I don't think the casuals will balk at that. I think the diehards like myself, that's kind of what I'm saying. I think, you know, but I mean, Lucas brings up a good point here. It, it does have luster for franchises that wouldn't get to normally host a winter classic, which we were kind of alluding to in your point. Yes. So, uh, but could you, this is another good comment here. Could you imagine a stadium series game at Tropicana and the lights going out in the middle of the game because the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays can't even keep their own electricity on? Joe, here's the funny part. That's where Tampa Bay originally started playing. They were at Tropicana Field. That was originally called the Thunderdome. The Lightning? No. Yeah, the Lightning. Tropicana Field. Tropicana wasn't built up until years later. The, the, the Lightning debuted in 92. All right. 
Well, we're not going to waste time on researching that because I do know that they played at a baseball stadium okay. before they before they went up on that one. I, I you know what? I I could be wrong. Could have been something I learned when I was sixteen years old, and oh, then no. just learned it wrong. It broke feet. Wow! No, I'm wrong. Hold See, on. Good. I I like I like hearing that I'm right. Ah! Shut up. <laughs> Ain't that right, Justin Huberto? But <laughs> yeah, Tropicana broke ground November twenty second, nineteen eighty six. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's amazing because they they played at a baseball stadium. So. No, you're right. You're right. They, yeah. The, the the Tampa Bay Lightning did. Wow. Mark Mark is right. Oh, okay. No, I won't push it any further. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. So Shut again, up, by the way, you can see Tampa Bay versus, uh, sorry, Tampa Bay at Nashville. Well, versus Nashville uh, at seven thirty tonight, and I think it's actually this. Also, by the way, is their audition for them to get a Winter Classic. Nashville has been great, absolutely great for for hockey, and they they deserve some more. And on Sanchez, because I met good people down there, and I got friends living down there now. But still, Philk, we're gonna go north of Nashville just a little bit, Vili Huso. We'll start game one of the playoffs for the St. Louis Blues. And here's what I'm going to do. Yup, I'm buying around. If you take Vili Husso's numbers, and they're great right now. He's 13-3-2. You can see the goals against right there. Save percentage nearly up. The goals against and save percentage nearly up where Sesterkin was. He was the guy that originally had the job that Jordan Bington took away. So I, I can't help but look at this and think, he should be game one starter and they should work on trying to sign him. He's going to be UFA at the end of the year, Phil. That's going to be quite a sticky situation. And Jordan Bennington better find his game. Jordan Bennington led the NHL in goals against average in 2019 with a 1.89. He had a nine two seven save percentage. When they finally started starting him in January, they, the St. Louis blues, took off from a last place team. You know the rest from there. I don't have to explain that again. But Vili Husso has given the St. Louis Blues the shot in the arm that they've needed in net. And Jordan Bennington looks like his career is starting to take a real nosedive. So, um, yeah, I'm buying around on this. If, you, if you're if you not starting Vili Husso, if you're if you're Berube, um, you deserve to lose your job. So because Vili, Vili Husso has been that good. Um if he played more games, he'd be in the, not only the Vezina conversation, but the Hart conversation as well. I agree with that 100% as well. And if you just look at Bennington's numbers, though, on top of that, just bringing them up, he's right about this. 12 10 with a 3.25 goals against and a 900 save percentage. A 3.25 goals against. This wouldn't even be a goalie controversy if he didn't sign an extension already. Like that's that's where the problem was. You rewarded him for winning a Stanley Cup in that great season, and and his results have been mixed since then. I'll say it nicely. Three point two five. They I mean, gave him that contract last year, though, too. So it, 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 I mean, this is the first year that 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 six year thirty six million dollar deal. And I mean, he has a, he has a no trade, which is an 18 team list. Um, oh, oh no, hold on. No, he has a full no trade now. 
And then in after the 23-24 season for 24-25 and on, those last three years, it's an 18-team no trade, then a 14-team, and then a 10-team no trade. So he's got to approve any deal that he uh uh, any deal that he's involved in. So this is this is going to be a sticky situation for St. Louis because they're going to have to sign. And who's... basically, he's just uh, Sergei Bobrovsky in St. Louis. You got to hope that he plays his way out of it. Uh, yeah, with a far better contract. Yeah, I mean, Bobrovsky's contract is unreal. No no yeah. matter what, the, that, that ship has sailed. He'll never live up to that. He's playing better this season, though. That's where the good part is on that one. All right, we're going to go to the next one, which is, uh, hey, Philk, for your birthday, what your favorite player was, or one of your favorite players is Marty Saloui. We got you the message from him. And he's been doing a great job with the Montreal Canadiens. It's only six games, but Marty Saloui deserves the full-time job. <laughs> it's like, I don't like Montreal. Um, I haven't liked them for a long time, but you know, I want to see my man succeed like that. That's my guy right there. I want to see him succeed. He's a great dude. Um, one of, one of my favorite players. Um, it right now. Yes, but it's such a small sample size. Ah, I'm going to say beer. Just because okay. of the small sample size. It, 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 I, I love what he's doing there. You, By the way, can you drink what? any of those suds up top? What's that? Can you drink any of the suds up top? A, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it, 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 that would be terrible bartending by you, by the way, to have oh, yes. suds overfill like that. So Yeah, no, no, no. That's that, no, suds no, that you high? No. But, um, yeah, I, I have to say that it's got to be a beer for me because of the fact that the sample size is so small. But if you actually have watched their games, um, they are a completely different team. Cole Caulfield is now back in the lineup and he's scoring again. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Dvorak really hasn't been a great acquisition for them, but I mean, we knew that Montreal was kind of overpaying for a center solution there. Maybe he picks his game up, but the team is just playing more inspired hockey. And sometimes, and a lot of times, a, a, a coaching change will do that. I think the players just essentially tuned out Dominic Ducharme, which you know happens. It, we saw it with David Quinn; it happens. But when Marty San Louis speaks, you're going to run through a goddamn wall for that man. And I mean, we've all seen the video about how I'm so effing proud to be a New York Ranger. Uh, yeah, um, if you didn't want to run through a wall for him after that, I mean, if you one, when that man steps in that locker room with those tremendous nuclear quads of his, um, I, I think once he starts talking, the the adrenaline's going to start running through you. So uh, I'm going to say beer, but I really do want to say round. I just can't say it yet. Yeah, I'm going to have to echo what you just said. I can't say round just yet, but man. I am getting so close, and it's only six games. They have a lot of impressive wins, by the way, against good teams. They kicked they had... the crap out of Toronto. Right. They just pounded Toronto. They beat the St. Louis Blues last week. This is a team that lost 7-1 to New Jersey Devils only two weeks ago. And now, or three weeks ago, 
And, and now they, I think they could actually beat anybody. And it's all because of Marty St. Louis. And, you know, the, one of the things Marty St. Louis said when the Rangers hired John Tortorella in 2009, he said the Rangers are going to learn how to play hockey the right way. And, you know, Marty's probably taking those lessons that he learned from Torts and applying them here. Like, those players are really playing uh, above everything that they could. Uh, sorry, guys, I got a text in the middle of that. Uh, they're, they're playing above and beyond right now, and that's why I, I, I just think Marty deserves a full-time job. When you see players do that, that's what they have to do. I will say this to, to end this. If you're going to ask me whether I think he takes it, yes, I, I think he gets it. I, I, I think they're going to keep him after this season. So, All right. Philk, a critical road trip is this week for the Edmonton Oilers playoff push. Yes. Uh, I'm, I am buying around on this. Edmonton, they have been playing so well since uh, they fired Dave Tippett. Even Rick brings it up as well. Tippett gets fired. And as I mentioned before, sometimes coaching changes, that's what happens. They, they build, it just, uh, it just brings a different dimension to the team. The you tune player players tune out coaches. It just, it happens. And when you, when you lose it, that's it. When you lose locker room, that's it. It's over. But um, the Oilers definitely have a big, big, big stretch coming up. I mean, they have Carolina um, tomorrow, uh, and then after that, because that that's a big one. Because that you know, that's it's on the a, bottom, Phil. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at their. I'm looking at their. Well, yeah, but I'm gonna look at some of their other games after that. And it's not just the road trip, really, because they've got some contenders coming up. Philly, okay, and Chicago, no, Montreal playing a lot better. I, I want to see what they do against this Montreal team. Then they've got Calgary. Then they've got Washington. Then they've got Tampa Bay on the 12th. So you've got four games after that little road trip ends where you're just like, okay, like this is really going to be a real litmus test for this. So it's not just the immediate next four games. It's it, it's it's the games after that that really kind of concern me, you know? So I can't help but I wanted to bring up all the mileage that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be going through. First off, by the way, going from Edmonton to Florida. <laughs> so Not that's, that's already a nightmare. They go from the Atlantic Division leading team to the Metropolitan Division leading team. Then uh, they, they go up to Philadelphia, who's they played better, but right now they're, they're a last place team. Uh, and then uh, concluding with Chicago, and by that time, they might be physically exhausted. I'm a big believer in the human element of the game and players getting distracted, players thinking about their contracts, players um, players just being tired. I mean, that's a really long flight to start things off. If I had to say so, they're going to get crushed. Uh, I think it's tonight in Florida, but we'll see about that. And then you go Carolina. They could be 0-2 on the trip to start. You're, you, they know they have to bring the A game every single night. And who knows? Philadelphia or Chicago surprises them. You're 1-3 on that road trip. 
they they've got to come out at least with five points on this road trip, I think, to really cement themselves in the playoffs. And you got L.A. is pouncing. Uh, Anaheim is still kind of there. There's there's a bunch of different teams that are still trying to make the playoffs in the West. You know, Edmonton can't wrestle their laurels and they're trying to get goaltending and everybody knows it. So they're making them pay a, a premium. By the way, um, it was said on NHL Network, if you were going to do that, it needed to be a month ago because goalies don't work out at the trade deadline. And to be honest with you, they're right. The last goalie, I think, of any significance was, I mean, Ryan Miller didn't work out as well. And, uh, uh, shoot, I almost said Wade Dublitz. That's a wrong Islander one. I'm trying to, oh, Dwayne Rolson. Dwayne Rolson is the last goalie that really worked out for a team that acquired him at the trade deadline. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, sorry. Uh, it's I got to buy everybody around on it. I never really did that. But it's I, that could be one of those that breaks them before they get to. And then when they get home, you said they got Calgary, right? Yeah. They So after the Chicago game, they have Montreal, mm-hmm. which is uh, a home game. Then they, they got to go back to Calgary. Um, then they have Washington and Tampa at home. Then, I mean, Detroit, Buffalo, and New Jersey, those next three games after that are against teams that are not in the playoff picture. But, I mean, this is going to be a tough month for them. And then after those three games, they've got Colorado and Dallas in a back-to-back away away, San Jose and Calgary again. So they, they've got a tough month of March. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. This This could be something that sets them on the downward slope. Hopefully – Hopefully it's not because the NHL really needs Connor McDavid to be in the playoffs. So speaking about the Carolina Hurricanes, Tony D'Angelo's injury could shift the balance of power in the Metro division. It, he's got a, they called it a midsection injury. So I guess an abdominal. Yeah, an abdominal injury. It's going to keep him out for a month. And here are his stats for the season. And uh, I got to update these Metro standings because it didn't include last night's game. So there we go. And so do you think that's actually going to change things in the Metro at all? It could. I'm going to say beer. Um, it, losing someone who's a good offensive defenseman and a great power play quarterback in like Tony D'Angelo, um, it, it, it is a big loss because he has been very good for them. He's been a good soldier. There's been no problems that have been reported or anything like that. So um, I, I am going to say that uh, it is a loss. Uh, I, I just don't think that Carolina is going to lose too much steam because I just think they're too complete of a team, even without D'Angelo. I, I mean, they could have a they could have a young guy step in and, and, and play well for them. They just they're so complete to the point where they're a well-oiled machine, and I, I just don't know if they they lose much in the division without him. So um, I'm going to say beer. I think they could take a small step back, but I I, I could still see them winning the division. You know what? I appreciate what your answer was because you actually talked me down from a beer to a shot and you can't really see him. So sorry, Phil, going to blur out your face for a second. (laughs) Actually, that kind of matches your expression right now. So it's, 
but you know what? It's you're you're right about that. This this team is way too good, and Rob Brandemore is way too good of a coach. That does kind of concern me how they can beat the New York Rangers one night, then go to the New Jersey Devils and get uh, lose to them. Yeah, and uh, if if you if you tried to pay attention to them through power rankings, they got some bad losses. But also, uh, sometimes just 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 who cares? This team is built for the playoffs, and I kind of I, I'm still not in love with Freddie Anderson as a goaltender. Mm. But D'Angelo not being there for a month might be a good thing for everyone involved. He's back healthy for the playoffs, and this team could go on a long for a playoff run. Uh, hopefully, you know, obviously Pittsburgh and the Rangers and Washington are going to try to say something about that, but I, I, I think they're going to be too well coached and too far ahead. Uh, I think the, the D'Angelo injury isn't going to impact it as much. And last night's game was a huge step because they beat Columbus. They're now five points clear of the New York Rangers and even in games. So there you go. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think they got a game in hand on them. All right. Uh, that was actually the end of our bar talk segment. So, guys, what do you think? Carolina going to miss a beat without Tony D'Angelo? Uh, Alexei Lafreniere, sticking on the top line the rest of the season. Billy Husso, the man in net for the St. Louis Blues. And will the defenseman play more games in the future than Zidane Chara? Throw it down in the comments below. And since actually... If I got me and Phil right here. I could do this. Don't forget to leave us a like. Yeah, and yeah. I'll uh, I'll start off the uh, Q and A by going through some bookmark comments. Uh, Brody, thank you for the kind words and 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 the and the donation. By the way, we appreciate it. Um, thank you, Brody. Yeah, and you know what? Mark is a really good sport. We we dunk on Mark a lot. Mark just takes it on the chin like a champ, and. Uh, we uh we have fun with it, so yeah. And then, if you can't admit your own mistakes, then then and you can't have fun with yourself, then you know what's the point? Yeah, I've I've always said this: if you can't laugh at yourself, then you can't laugh at somebody else. So um, Mark is great with that; he's a great sport. Justin Huberto is always going to be a thing, and oh, he's never going to escape that. And I'll make sure that he lives that up every time I see him at work, too. So I definitely think my brain cross wires. A while back, thinking Justin Trudeau, Jonathan Huberdeau, and somehow they milled it into one. I guess that's the way I always thought of it. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to bring that up, Brody, because I, I saw this before. We were in the middle of bar talk, and I wanted to take actually just more than like a second to acknowledge that. So thank you very much. We do appreciate that. Um, get back to some of the live comments here. Uh, La, La Voulette, yeah, that's another uh, Mark. Uh, La Violette. La Violette. <laughs> oh, he got it this time. He didn't even have to practice it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. A guy that, by the way, uh, see, I almost, I almost messed it up right there. Peter La Violette. See, I did it. There, there it is. Uh. Laviolette would, would would be one of those guys I wanted to coach the Rangers for so long. And you know what? We got Gerard. The, the Rangers got Gerard Gallant right now. I just stopped saying we. I mean, well, right now I'm being a fan. But uh, the Rangers got Gerard Gallant right now. And Phil and I have been manifesting Gerard Gallant as a New York Rangers coach since, like, our, like our second show. So Yeah. Uh, we. Yeah. I, I've been – 
I've actually been manifesting it myself even even before I got on this show. But Mark and I have been talking about it since the minute I stepped on with with him. So, uh, I mean, this was the guy that we wanted. This was the, the guy that we've wanted for, I would say, at least almost two years. And, I mean, yes, his – I think that his button pushing has been a big difference. I mean, obviously, Igor has got to be the guy – but his his button pushing has been a uh, big difference. Um, yeah, I, I heard this, Mike Freeman, talking about Victor Olofsson. Um, he also said that he doesn't think the Rangers think that they would have the the cap space to um, to meet his qualifying number though next season. So, I mean, I would love Victor Olofsson. I think I think he could turn out to be a thirty plus goal scorer for this team. I, I think he just fits in perfectly, and he would be that other sniper on the power play. He could really help them because he's got a real good shot, real good release. So, um, but yeah, I want to go through some of these other comments because I, I personally, I've got to, I've got to go get lunch with family. So yeah, too. So I, we're gonna make this a little bit of a short one. But by the way, um, I will try to do a uh, final buzzer. It might be a short one tonight, but I will, I will try to do a final buzzer after the game. I might have a special guest with me on that one. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, I, I will I will do one uh, either way. So, uh, Mike, I saw this before. Kako to the bread and butter line. I, I think, Mark, you, you're on the same page with me on this one. We've been pulling for this for a while. We, should, we said that you should have never been taken off that line. Played the best stretch of his career and then, then – Turk took him off for whatever reason. I don't know why he did that. So, um, Rick, Mark must have a very good friend named Justin. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Mark. Oh, boy. And By then, the way, Florida right now leads Edmonton 2-1. to one, And that's the end of the first. Philadelphia 2-0 over the Capitals. Let's go, Flyers. Freddie Cicchetti, if you're watching, yep, I'm rooting for your team, buddy. Um, Laffy and then Dominic and Kim here says that uh, Laffy and Kako have to play on the uh, the top two lines, give them 15 minutes and uh, a game a piece and uh, or more, and they will improve. I, I'm with you, Dominic. Uh, I'm with you there. So, um, and try to go through some of these other comments, catch up to the live ones, guys. Sorry. Uh, Chris Tribble, uh, Chris T. Igor has surpassed Panarin and Fox for the best Ranger on the team. This isn't a hot take. Yeah, this is not a it, hot take. It's not. So they, they 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 don't get as much. I mean, the guy's on the ice six, uh, sixty minutes, and he nearly scored a goal last week. Like he's literally doing everything. Oh, I scared the crap out of my best friend's family when that happened because I, I, I kind of screamed out like, oh, like, because I, I went I went nuts. I, I thought it was going in and then it missed. I was like, oh, my God. I was at work. I was at I was pouring a drink. I actually think I dropped it, ran to the other end of the bar to see it. And then it goes wide. Oh, well. Johnny missed it by that much. Johnny, with this comment here, the last thing this team needs to tr is to trade young players and pick for a rental. Just doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you, Johnny. Depends on what the young players are, but that that's true too. Yeah, if it's if it's guys whose entry is going to be blocked, 
Don't worry about it. Uh, but again, I keep on going back to this, and I keep saying the same thing. Build the bottom six up a little bit more before you focus on who should be on. Because right now, I don't think it matters with Kreider and Zabanajad and Panarin and, and Strom. Whoever's on their right side is is going to produce a little bit. Probably Lafreniere and Kako. But, or, or again, I keep saying, don't be surprised if Tali Kratzoff is in the top six come the end of March. But it's it's also, they they need to go out. The trade I would make is Cal Yarncrook and Mark Giannato. Go get yeah, it. I, I do agree with that. I do like that. Um, and and it, it's it's funny because Lucas brings up a good point here. I'd like to see Lafreniere on, on the first power play unit. I've been calling for that for a while to play in Strom's spot. But again, I'm going to say this again. How do you fix something that's not broken? Power play is what up to fourth in the league now. I think right before, and I and I know that's because they're converting at a high percentage while getting a very very small amount of chances as of late. I think they've drawn what like six penalties the last like five games or or, or something like that. Something stupidly small, but but yeah, I don't think you could fix something that's not broken. Um, I'm going to disagree with. Uh, by the way, let me let's finish this one first. That's one of the reasons why I find it problematic about re-signing Ryan Strom. Because sooner, because again, every Ranger fan wants to bitch and go, why are these guys producing? Why are these guys producing? But the truth is, they don't get power play one time. That's when you really get to pad your stats. Kako, I believe, had six goals in the first two months of the season playing on that left, uh, that right side before they, before they threw Strom over there. This, by the way, was Kako's rookie year. I forgot to say that. And... Then uh, David Quinn benches him. Ryan Strom goes over there and he doesn't give the job back. And it's just, you've got to develop players, but you also are trying to win. So I would love to have Ryan Strom at $5 million and not have him a power play one and use him whenever they need to. But I don't know. It, it, it makes it so hard for me to figure out what to do with Strom because it, I, I don't hate the guy, but you gotta you can't leave Kako and Lafreniere power play two for fifteen seconds. Uh, a, a power play, no, it's not gonna work. Okay, and, and here's another thing. You know what's funny? We, we talked about Matthew Boldy before, yeah, and about how he's he's produced so well. You want to know how much power play time he gets per game? None. No, two minutes and thirty eight seconds of power play time per game. Thank you. The only the only guy that gets the only regular, I should say, because Marco Rossi played two games and he he averaged three minutes and eleven seconds in power play time. So I'm not going to count Marco Rossi as he doesn't meet the uh, the the games requirement. The only regulars that get more power play time per game than Matt Boldy at forward are Kirill Kaprizov, deservingly so. Matt Zuccarello, mm -hmm. deservingly so. And Joel Erickson Eck. And Joel Erickson Eck, yeah, I, I would deserve I, I would say he deserves it, but if you're gonna ask me who I'm gonna put on a power play, um Joel Erickson Eck or Matt Boldy, I'm gonna put Matt Boldy on there over Joel Erickson Eck. Joel Erickson Eck's my uh, he's a very good offensive player, but he's more of a two-way guy. I, I want I want him playing more penalty killing time. 
just to address a couple things, uh, Richie, by the way, how you doing? Um, he he said, why not shut down Kaka for the season? It's too good. Too much talent to be this bad. He hasn't been bad. He's just been disappointing. And it's only disappointing if you take into account he's number two overall pick. Fans thought he was going to be a little bit better. Yeah. He was he was a takeaway machine the first two months, even when he wasn't scoring goals. Then yeah. he got on that little bit of a hot streak and then back down low. I I I get the sentiment where you're coming from, Rich. Um, I just don't. And we understand what you're trying to say. You're not trying to crit- critique the guy. You're you well. Yeah, minimal. I mean, you're just really concerned for his health, and then you want to just see him with a fresh start. I I get that. It's it's the sentiment is good. I just wonder if they'll actually do that or not, which I don't think they will. I think if anything, keep Lafreniere with the top line, and then just let. Kako come back and play on that second line over Dryden Hunt because Dryden Hunt doesn't belong in that top six at all. Oh, God. I, Dryden Hunt doesn't belong in a top nine. So I dragged the Kool-Aid. I thought Dryden Hunt was starting to become Riley Smith. I, wrong, I am wrong. I was happy to hear that I'm right before. I'm definitely wrong when it comes to this. So, uh, but this is where this is where he's, you hit this nail right on the head. Can't draft top two wingers or top two forwards in in the the top two positions of the NHL draft, and never play them. Yeah, and that, it, not play them. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, it just it, it just goes to to make you question what the Rangers are doing with their development. It just and I'm not going to go down that road again because that, that's beating a dead horse. So. Although, can I just say this? Um, because it, it Jed Ortmeyer and uh, Tanner Glass. And, and even Matt Hunwick. They've been sort of the whipping boys lately for Rangers Twitter. Can I just ask you a question? Do you think the Florida Panthers are a good development team? Yeah, because you have guys like Barkov, Huberto, Trocek, Weger, uh, Smith and Marsh so themselves who've come from Florida and that really kind of improved their game there. Um, you a know lot of those what guys- former Panther is the head of player development there? Don't tell Gregory me Lane like, Campbell. Okay. All right. So Gregory Campbell was a better player than guys like Jed Ortmeyer, Matt Hunwick. And, but again, right. I understand. And also his, his father was a coach. So obviously was a coach. Yeah. There's a so, pedigree that's in there. Yeah. But it's, there's, there's a different type of, yeah. But I mean, before, like, before we just want to go, Jed Ortmeyer is the head of Rangers development. That's where the problem is. As Steven has pointed out and you, Outside of defense and uh, and, a, and a handful of forwards over the last crop, they haven't had a 30-goal scorer developed in our system until Chris Kreider this year, and it only took nine years, till, from Tony Amante. Tony Amante. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so, it's, it's bad. It, it, it's just it's a red flag. Um, I'm going to get a few more of these before we go. Um, yeah. Dave Fox having a down year or at least a down stretch for Fox's standards. And Igor is still playing phenomenally. So that just goes to show you how good Igor has actually been. Um, uh, Got to replace Hunt McKegg. Keep Barron in the lineup. I'm with you, Brody. Um, and it, it, and Filipino isn't the answer at third line center. No, no. Uh, Mike is right here until we move Truba. We're in a uh, cap crunch. 
Um, Ziga definitely been talking about this for, for before with Igor. So um, Leo, definitely good to see you as well. Thanks for the ad on Twitter, by the way, Leo. I appreciate that. Uh, add Mark if you can find him too. You, you'll find him on my uh, followers list. Yeah, um, I got two accounts. I we're still trying to get more traction for Big Apple Hockey Twitter too. Yeah, so definitely add us on there. Um, but whenever I have a, a very pro Rangers take, that's always going to be on all things Ranger. Yeah. Um. I no, I, David. I disagree here. I don't think the drafting has been the biggest problem. I I think it's the development. I, I mean, you can't tell me that Kako wasn't the pick at two. Yes, would I have liked to have had Trevor Zegers? Yes, and I don't think Trevor Zegers should have fell. I, I I think that he was probably the most skilled player in that entire draft, even more so than Jack Hughes, if you ask me. But um, I don't think Zegers should have fell. I think a lot of people got you know enamored with Kirby Doc's size and speed, and I I, I get why. But and also supposedly his interviews, they thought he was going to be the next Jonathan Davis. Yeah. So, but. I mean, Johnny is right. The, the the developmental part of it is awful and has been awful for quite some time for the Rangers. So they've, they've got to be better in that regard. So um, I think there needs to be an overhaul back there. And I just want to point out this one. The reason why I keep on bringing up Kratzoff is still a possibility is because all they have to do is say, want to come back? We'll put you in the top six. Boom. Everything's healed. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Not even just top six, but put them in the top nine. Yeah, you, you, I would like to actually see a third line of something like Cali Yonkroke, Barkley Goudreau, and Vitaly Kravtsov. Because Vitaly Kravtsov could, could foster a lot of offense for them. And those two are more than defensively responsible enough. And, and Vitaly Kravtsov's defensive game and his board battles and everything like that improved when we saw him last season in the lineup in those 20 games. So why are so why why not give that a shot? You get McKeg and Hunt out of the lineup that way. Your fourth line can still be Barron, Reeves, and Rooney. And I, I just see I, I don't get it. But well, well, me. well, we got one more question. But by the way, can it, let me throw this one out at you because they were talking about it on ESPN. I was talking about it at the bar last night. Is there any team in the Eastern Conference the Rangers don't win the goaltending matchup against? Right now, no. Yeah, even so, over Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, 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 I feel very comfortable going up against Tampa Bay with Igor Shesterkin and net, even against Andre Vasilevsky. And that's the only one that I would be like, okay, there. Vasi's good. Vasi's got two cups. He's got a Vesna. I mean, he's probably the established guy that you would say is the best in the world. But if you're asking who the best is right now at this very, very second, it's Igor. And he's playing like it. So. That's why it's as much as you don't want to do an all in move, you can certainly get a rental. You don't have to bet the farm. These guys are still developing. We all know this. You get a, <laughs> get a veteran defenseman. You can put back there to spell the rookies and, um, although they're playing great together, Jones and Schneider. Yeah, they played great. But you you revamp that third line, you get a third line center that can match up and can move the puck. Everything changes. Everything changes. 
They're relying on their top six too much. And their fourth line. It's that third line. They got to fix the third line. All right. Yeah. Phil, if you got one more, because I know you got to get out of here like right now. Um, let's see here. Uh, just trying to see what, uh, Trying to see if I can find another one. No, I don't see anything as of yet. Okay. Uh, I, I like this one from Mr. Fantastic. They don't lose any goaltending matchup in the league. He can steal any series. Uh, you know, Hacha couldn't even win until he got to Detroit with that stacked 0-1-0-2 Red Wings team. Uh, I do agree that we um, – But also, by the way, he got to the conference finals. He got to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. And I, I by the way, I shocked uh, a friend of mine who we were looking at notable players to wear number 22. And I said to him, Brett Hall's wearing 22 and when Dallas, he scores yeah, that goal. Season. Yeah. In his first season. Yes. Yeah. And then he went to 16 after that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, um, you, you definitely need the team in front of him. And I, I, I don't think the Rangers will win it this year. Um, I would love to see them win it, obviously, you know, but I, I just don't, I, I don't think they're there yet. Um, so I'm not going to. Uh... And, and by the way, just to touch on what Leo's saying right there, when you're talking about that, there's a very good possibility. Brandon Ottman's not up next year or Will Cooley. Take your pick. Yeah. I mean, and... from what I've heard, the plan is that they want Offman up. So you never know. And if that's the case, then in the summer, Kratzoff can be expendable. Maybe he's going to be playing for his next team when he comes back to the New York Rangers after the KHL season. Oh. So, all right. So there we go, boys. That's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for today because folks got to get to dinner with family, lunch. Always, we we enjoy this. Thank you for sticking with me through. Apparently, it was my technical issue accidentally leaving the window open. Uh, so that's what created the echo. And um, and also, of course, Justin Huberdo. So, guys, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to do this again next Saturday. Hopefully, I actually get some sleep before then. And uh, and we'll have the, the third part of of the Holy Trinity back, the uh, the hockey Triforce, if you will. So, all right. Thank you very much, and take it easy. Phil? Let's go, Let's go Rangers. Let's go, Rangers.